Hey, welcome back to Female Founder World. It's Jasmine. I'm the host of the show. And today I'm chatting with the co-founder of Basma Beauty, Parisa Durrani. We dive into the TikTok strategy that got this independent beauty brand $500,000 of sales in a year. They launched in 2021 and literally this week they're landing at Sephora.com. So there's a lot to chat about there because that is some serious traction. I feel like that is the dream of so many beauty brands that are launching right now. We really talk about the importance of leaning into your founder story and your why. We get into that TikTok strategy I mentioned, and we've got some great resources for founders at the end of the show as well. Okay, let's jump into it. You are now entering Female Founder World with your host, Jasmine Grindsworthy. Parisa, welcome to Female Founder World. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Okay, for people who don't know Basma Beauty, talk us through what it is that you're building over there. So we are a beauty brand inspired by real life, real people, real skin. We develop formulas with not just your skin tone in mind, but your skin journey, your skin type, your lifestyle, and all the things that determine when, why, and how you prefer your makeup to work. And I know that the brand officially launched in 2021, so you're pretty, you're pretty new and you've got a lot of traction in that time, which we're obviously going to talk about in a sec, but the formulation has been in the work since 2016. Talk me through that story. I know that there's some backstory there. Yes. So uh, my the co-founder, my co-founder, Basma, who the brand is named after, this is really a passion project for her. So she was uh, involved in a kitchen accident that led to third degree burns when she was just two years old. So if you can imagine, like nearly half of her face had this burn and um, they did everything, every type of surgery, laser treatment you can think of, but she couldn't conceal that red scar on her face. So she turned to makeup at a very early age. She was, I think, six years old when she started playing around with makeup. And this was before YouTube and Instagram. So she had to teach herself everything about color correcting and mixing colors and working on textured skin. And then that became like a passion for her. She fell in love with makeup. She used to study formulas and packaging and everything related to beauty. And um, she just always felt like no beauty brand spoke to her. She always talks about how she'd be embarrassed taking out her foundation from her purse because it would look so clinical. And she would always say how there were never enough shades and everything was so cakey. So she was like 10 years old when she said, you know, like one day I'm going to start my own beauty brand because I don't want anyone to ever feel like how I feel, which is like sort of like an outcast. Like there's no beauty brand speaking to her. So fast forward, she was like 16 years old. She was talking to her plastic surgeon and basically saying, come on, like what other treatments do you have for me? What can I do? And the plastic surgeon basically looked her and looked at her and said, you know, if I were you, I would take your money and move to an island. Like, this is as good as your life is ever gonna get. And if there's one thing you need to know about Basma is that she does not take no for an answer. So she said, absolutely not. Like, I'm, if there is no treatment out there for me, I'm gonna have to make one on my own. So she studied different types of solutions and treatments. And then she basically had an idea where she was like, if I could get pigment tattooed in my eyebrow, you know, for like semi-permanent makeup, why mm -hmm, can't I yeah. apply, why can't I apply that same logic to my skin? 
and she asked doctors like is this something that they can do and every doctor said no you know scar tissue won't hold pigment and at that point she had nothing to lose and she had so much experience mixing pigments like mixing foundations to get her right shade so she basically created her exact skin tone shade and implanted it in her skin and the results were phenomenal so she said, okay, this is like, this is a treatment that people need to know about. She took like, I think it was like a $500 loan from her parents. And I should say, Basma's my sister-in-law. So I know all of this, like up close and personal. I've seen the process. Oh, she amazing. Took, okay. She took that loan and opened up a clinic in Toronto and it performed so well. She opened a second one in Beverly Hills. And basically for the last 20 years, she's been developing these custom skin tone pigments for people with all types of skin conditions, skin textures, like backgrounds. And it was around 2016 where she said, you know, like I'm ready to take my love for makeup and my expertise in skin and finally create that beauty brand that I wanted to make. And that's how she got started. That is the most incredible story. <laughs> I want to know what it was like getting things off the ground. So obviously Basma already had an established business. She'd been in this space for a while, but launching like a color cosmetic brand out into the market is a different thing. What were you doing in 2021 once the product was developed to really get traction and get your first sales? So that was actually the catch. So when, when we launched, we said, okay, we're going to focus on Instagram. That was like our core marketing effort. Like everything was being put on Instagram, but within the first six months, we quickly realized that we weren't successful on it. We were not able to gain the traction that we had really hoped for or what we knew the product was capable of because we knew this was a fantastic product. Um, and there, I think there are a couple of reasons why we didn't succeed on Instagram at the time. So for one thing, we weren't really authentic to who we were as a brand. At that time, like Instagram was so well established, the beauty space is so saturated that we basically took like a recipe of what every other brand was doing, just mm -hmm. popped in our imagery and, you know, if they can get 3000 likes, why can't we and we'd come away with like 30 likes and we would just question like what are we doing wrong and only in hindsight do we go back and say well what in what reason are we giving people to engage with us the second thing we learned very quickly is we just didn't have the budgets to compete with the larger beauty brands uh, we knew we like especially on the scale that we would need content creators to create videos for us and reviews to make a splash in the space it just we just didn't have the budget to compete so that was one huge downer the thing that we did learn was the effectiveness of gifting so basma from the get-go said listen this is a complexion product which is notoriously difficult to launch with it's a stick which is even harder because no one mm -hmm. really buys sticks now we were only selling online and we were still mid pandemic. So we had all of these obstacles in our way. Why we launched when we did, I don't know, but it all worked out. So she said, we need some sort of stamp of approval. So she said, we need to get this in the hands of makeup artists. So we were gifting makeup artists because they were obviously always willing to try new products. And within the first three months, we had these huge celebrity makeup artists using it on their clients. So we had like Kourtney Kardashian wearing it and Olivia Culpo and Vanessa Hudgens and Charlie D'Amelio. 
And that was fantastic, but even with all of those popular faces and we had some media pick up Basma's story, like even with all of that, it was not driving conversions. I have to stop you for a second there because I feel like we've just skimmed over the fact that a brand new brand is being used by these massive celebrities. Did you, like, first of all, how do you find the contact information for these celebrity makeup artists? So, like, are you just, like, scrolling through Instagram and, you know, this person's tagged here, that person's tagged there, and then just DMing them and sending them product and hoping that they like it? Like, how do you, how do you do that? That's, Exactly it. If there's like one tip, like one piece of advice is you cannot be afraid of rejection. Like just shoot your shot, DM worse comes to worse, they see it and they ignore you and it's fine. You know, you move on or you just mess, you delete that message and you send it again next month. That's all we did. We said, hey, like this is like a great product. Like we would love for you to just test it out and makeup artists are usually receptive. They're like, sure, I'll just put it in my kit. Whether or mm -hmm. not they're going to use it is like the next thing. But we always say, listen, just test it out. And, you know, in the back of our head, we're hoping that they would end up using it on their clients. And we got really fortunate that they did. And how do you know that they're using it? Are they posting about it while they're doing someone's makeup? Does the celebrity post about it? What does that like follow through look like? It's always the makeup artist. So, uh, I mean, the Kourtney Kardashian thing, just that still surprised us. Like we just, we just saw a notification saying, the uh, makeup artist tagged us and we see her photo and we're just like, holy, like, <laughs> F, did Kourtney, Car is Kourtney Kardashian wearing our makeup? And so we were thrilled and we were thinking maybe it's these celebrity faces that will give consumers the confidence to say, you know, this product must be good, but it did not drive any conversions. So it was like mm -hmm. around the six month mark where we were looking, we were saying, listen, like, we thought we had the right pieces. We had these like aesthetically beautiful photos, but clearly there was a disconnect in the challenges and pain points consumers have when buying foundation and how we were talking about our product. And that's essentially when we decided to make the shift to TikTok. Okay. So I've got written down here, you know, we had a bit of a chat over email um, before you came on the show because I really love to pull something tactical out. And the thing that you shared was that you were able to get $500,000 in sales through TikTok in a year. How the hell do you do that? How does somebody else do that? What's the formula? Is there a formula? Well, I can say the formula worked for us. I mean, so I, taking our learnings from Instagram, we basically had to like take a huge step back and just ask ourselves like one very basic question which is, you know, we're beauty fanatics. We love beauty, we love makeup, but the average beauty consumer doesn't care. So why would someone follow a beauty brand? And it's like a very real question because, you know, that would that basically informed all of our strategy on TikTok. So we have three content pillars that we like really focused on and we still do to this day. So one is be super transparent. So rather than saying, you know, we're a small brand, we only have four employees, like we don't have big budgets, wah, wah, wah. We're like, okay, well, that's actually a positive because mm -hmm. we don't have to go through layers of approval to show behind the scenes and take people, basically invite followers into the day-to-day -day lives of, you know, of the people that are working at Basma Beauty. And that's essentially what we do. We say like, we're super vulnerable, the good, the bad we share with our followers. And even just like 
our business processes. So it was July of last year that we made a whole TikTok series called uh, The Making Of, where we announced we're coming out with a cream blush and we talked about timelines and our blush isn't going to come out till like beginning of next year, 2024. But we were talking about it, you know, last year because we just wanted people to feel part of the process. Like, here's what it's like to develop a product from start to Sorry, from start to finish, um, what should we call this shade? What do you guys think? Like, do you want to test it out? And the reception was so great. And now we see so many brands who are replicating that same model because it's like, what do you achieve by not involving followers? You know, so transparency was huge. And I, I actually think that's one of the biggest reasons why we were able to build a community. I think for us to be like super vulnerable, um, it allowed a lot of people to almost rally for us and, and see that we're super genuine. We're, we're four girls, women, you know, we've never launched a beauty brand. Sometimes we have no idea what we're doing, but like, <laughs> we'll go for it. And we always hope for the best, put our best foot forward. And yeah, we've been, we've been really lucky to develop a strong community from just being super transparent. So when you're talking about bringing people along on the journey and, and showing them as you're developing new products, are you fronting the content? Is somebody speaking to the camera? Do you have um, video showing like the formulation process and a voiceover? Like actually like tactically, what does that look like? It honestly looks like me or Ramesa or Basma sitting in our family room, just being like, hey mm -hmm. guys, like we're wearing a new product. Like this is what the blush looks like. What do you think? And we show like the, like the cheap plastic component that like the sample comes in and we're like, yep. what do you guys think of this? What should we call it? Here's what the swatch. It's like super unesthetic, if that makes sense. It is just mm -hmm. very much like, hey, like I'm going to talk to you guys about something. What do you guys think? Let me know. And that's been like our, our recipe. Like we, everything is shot on the iPhone. We don't even know how to use Photoshop. So like, I mean, we're not very technologically savvy in that sense, but like, yeah, it is just very much like a very real person to person type approach when we're developing content. All right, what's the second part to this? The second thing is aggressively gifting. So we gift upwards of a hundred content creators every month because for us, you know, consumers are smart they can tell when a review is authentic or if there's like an exchange of money. And this is not, it's not an issue of the content creator themselves, but it's more of just the skepticism that comes with seeing products or people talk about products on social media. So for us, it's always just, we DM, our head of partnerships is amazing. She DMs and says, hey, like, do you wanna try a foundation? There's absolutely no obligation to post. So that right there just relieves like that pressure from the content creator and 99% of the time they're like, of course I'd like to try. And for us, we're just so confident in the quality of the product that we like, we let the product do the talking. So we're confident that if someone tries the product and they love it, they'll post about it. And that's basically how we were able to get big content creators like the Michaela's of the world to talk about Basma Beauty. Okay. So that's a hundred content creators a month. Are they new content creators? Are you replenishing existing ones? Are you like, you know, do you have a database now of thousands that you're gifting or is it literally just like a hundred units of product a month? No, it's like thousands. And, and when we gift, we gift multiple shades because shade matching is something that's very near and dear to our heart. So we want to make sure we're getting content creators, their exact 
foundation match and we're not looking for our followers. Like for us, it's if you if you talk on your TikTok and you are like authentic and you are able to put together a sentence, we will give you a product because people need like foundation is very tough. It's such a personal product. Everyone has such specific needs for what they're looking for. So for us, it's we just want real people to give real reviews, good and bad. So mm -hmm. I mean, like that's been that's been so important to us. Like our tagline is "Real Life, Real People, Real Skin." So if we're paying for people to review our product, it would kind of be counter like counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve. What's the what else is part of this formula and how you're winning on TikTok right now? It's addressing pain points. It sound it sounds super basic, something that we should have been honestly doing from the start. But what we found is like the universal truth is finding a perfect foundation match is such a challenge that we forget that it is a challenge. Like you almost are just like, this foundation doesn't match me, but like, I'm just going to make it work. And we're mm. just like, wait a minute. Like, why do we think like that? Like, why don't we expect That's so true. foundation to match you? So it all started when our head of partnerships was matching one of her best friends in my living room. And she had done a couple of swatches and she was debating between two shades because two shades like could work. And she said, let's just, let's just ask people on TikTok what they think. So she made a TikTok and, and that video got almost a million views. And from there we were just like, hmm, like this concept of finding your perfect match is like, it's a pain point. So why don't we just keep touching on it? So we've created so many videos where we're focusing on, here's what shade matches look like. And we have 40 shades. So showing here's what shade nine looks like on three different people. So like for, for us, it's a sense we're telling consumers where it's like, if these content creators look like you, this could be your shade and you will find foundation that will match your exact skin tone. And we have people messaging us saying, I've never had foundation that matches me or like they, there's no way that they're actually applying product. Like they're not actually putting it on their skin. Uh, it's like, dude, we don't even know how to Photoshop it. We can't even fake it if we wanted to. Like they're actually <laughs> applying product. But yeah, it was just, I think a lot of found, foundation, like brands that are selling foundations, it's something you kind of forget about. You want to touch on like the finish and the buildability of it. But we just wanted to go back to a more elementary problem that we all have and just dive right in. I know that you are launching into Sephora.com, which is super exciting. And especially for such a new brand, I just like it's such a big achievement. How did that all come about? I, I know that we do have a lot of beauty brands and even for the folks who are building something in a different space, like landing in a big re retailer like that is a milestone, is a big goal. How did that all come to be? It started off from a DM, to to be honest. I uh, It was... Phasma's dream from the beginning where like we Sephora is like Sephora is where we need to be at like that's like that's that's the dream and so mm -hmm. I had tried emailing a couple of times and obviously I mean we never got a response they're very busy they, they get a lot of brands emailing and so I found someone senior at Sephora Canada on Instagram I followed and it was super inappropriate. Like looking back on it, I almost kind of cringe. I'm like, how could I do that? I DM'd and I basically like pled my case. Like I, I just said, I'm like, listen, like this is such an amazing product. Just please, 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 please. Can I send it to somebody on your team? And she 
responded and I, and I apologize. I said sometimes I'm like, I know this is such an inappropriate channel. Like you're posting <laughs> about your beautiful house and like your dog. And here I am, I'm like invading your space. And she said, okay, like here's the email address, just email. And so I, I did immediately and we got connected with like different merchants. We sent products over and this was like summer of 2021. So it might've just been like three months after we launched. Um, oh, wow. We sent products to merch. Yeah, we, we sent products over to the merchants. And then near the end of summer, I think it was like August, we hear back from a merchant and she was like, hey, like, let's let's get on a call. So obviously at that point, we're like, you know, to say it nicely, like crapping our pants. We're just like, what did we just do? Like, we have like 5,000 followers on Instagram. Like, why did they like, why did they want to talk to us? <laughs> so we, we went through like this presentation and we just talked about our brand and the story and what we're trying to achieve. And they said, listen, there's this program called Sephora Accelerate. It's an incubation program meant for female founders of color on how to build and sustain beauty brands. Um, and, and find success in the space. They just opened it up for Canadian brands. So we think you should apply. And the turnaround time I think was like a week. And I was like, oh, of course, like not a problem. So we didn't sleep for a week. We put everything together. And then like a month later, we got an interview. And I mean, the interview well enough, did well enough that we ended up getting into the program. So that was, I mean, it all started from a DM. <laughs> But not every brand who go th goes through Sephora Accelerate actually ends up stocking with Sephora. What do you think made it made your brand stand out? Was it the formulation? Did you have uh, the inf like some certain infrastructure in place that Sephora felt like you could handle the volume? What did you have to kind of show to them that you were ready? I think, well, for one thing, Basma's story was super key mm. because her experience informed the development of the product, which is truly one of a kind. Like everyone says like, this is like reinvigorating, like it's making stick foundations kind of relevant again, because when it comes to like foundations, it's normally like liquid and tinted and powder and, you know, stick foundations normally this like little thing in the, at the bottom. And I think the product just honestly very, like very much impressed everyone that was interviewing us. And, and again, Basma story, cause I mean, it's incredible what she was able to do. I've heard that a lot from people that have been through Sephora Accelerate and also the Target Accelerate programs that the founder story, and it almost sounds like a cliche now people, you know, because lots of people are saying it like, oh, you know, really lean into your, lean into your story as the founder, lean into your story as the founder. But it must be really true and really powerful because absolutely everybody who gets into those programs says a, it's something that you learn in the program that you need to like learn to speak to your story. So like really well, um, and B it's kind of like what's getting people into the program to begin with. So I, I feel like that's a really important thing for people to like take away from this interview as well. A hundred percent as part of our Sephora Accelerate graduation, we had to give like a pitch to, you know, like the rest of the cohort. And we assumed some of the Sephora leadership will be there. And only when we got to headquarters did we realized that the Sephora CEO was going to be in the room oh, casual. as we're doing these, like, <laughs> just, just, I was, that the CEO was, in there. <laughs> let's just say we had to like, basically like set our clothes on fire afterwards for the amount of sweat that we had after. <laughs> and, but it's Basma's story is so memorable. It's so memorable that after we gave the pitch and all the other brands gave the pitch, the Sephora CEO came up and was 
talking about the importance of founder stories and he was able to remember that Basma had a burn when she was just two years old. So just hearing that feedback and he just kept reiterating, you know, founder stories are everything because anyone can launch a product, but where is that expertise? Like, where is that why? Like, why do you need to exist in an industry where there's absolutely no shortage of brands? I think that's why when we see, you know, big celebrity beauty brands and actually like any consumer brand launch, they don't necessarily do super well, even though they have a big platform, they have all the connections. Like a lot of these celebrity beauty brands are like kind of falling a bit flat. And I think it's the lack of that storytelling element there where it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you launched a skincare brand because you have amazing skin. (laughs) Oh, what, why, why should I care? And that's why I think it's something that like something that these smaller or newer independent brands can really lean into. And it is a superpower that the big guys can't compete with and that celebs can't compete with. We've got a free workshop for you besties. It's all about how to win on TikTok in 2023. I'm sure you know by now that you need to be investing energy into TikTok right now, but maybe you don't know how to be strategic on the platform because digital marketing is shifting all the time. I get it. And that's why we're putting on this workshop in partnership with TikTok with a real TikTok expert that's all about how to develop your organic and your paid strategy in 2023. Hit the link in the show notes to sign up and score your free spot. And the last thing that I kind of ask everyone who comes on the show is for a resource recommendation. So something that, I don't know, has been helping you as you've been building the business and that you think other people who want to follow a similar path or who are kind of on this journey as well should check out. I love Blinkist. It's like basically an app that truncates books, like nonfiction books into 15 minute reads. So every single time I have like the most basic question, like how do I approach this pricing? Or like, you know, how do I approach logistics from like mm-hmm. a retail operation perspective? I literally just search up books and I read them and it's 15 minutes. So it's enough of a, it gives you enough of a read where you know if it's worth reading the full book. So that's been like a phenomenal resource and also Calm, the meditation mm-hmm. app. I try to use it as much as possible because we are a very small team. We're just four people trying to handle launching in Sephora and having our own D2C site and it can get a lot. So like having some sort of some some sort of way to, you know, like be at peace and, and look after your mental health and stay calm when there's so much pressure, that has been like so uh, super important for me. Amazing. Prisa, thank you so much for coming on Female Founder World and for telling us all about Basma Beauty. Good luck with the Sephora launch tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me and cross our fingers. Hopefully everything goes well. A quick shout out to all of our business bestie subscribers. If you are loving the show and you are building a consumer CPG or e-commerce business, or you're about to build one, this membership will give you access to the people, experiences, and the tools that you really need to build your dream business. Head to femalefounderworld.com forward slash subscriber for more.